This is CliffCentral.com. At Sibanye, we believe leaders are made, not born. We also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today. We are proud of our partnership with the Leadership Platform and will continue to support leaders who are committed to growing our country. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyagold.co.za. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Youth Leadership Platform. And I'm your host today, Bongani Tau, and this is sponsored by Sibanye, We Are One. Before we go any further, I would like to read a disclaimer, just so um, we get the legalities of everything out of the way and we can have a wonderful conversation with the youth and learners from the wonderful Renfontein High School. The views and opinions expressed by the persons participating in the Youth Leadership Program hosted by Leadership Platform are those of the individual participants and not necessarily represent the opinions or views of Sibanya Gold. Sibanya is not liable for any damage, loss or liability of whatsoever nature, however arising. All right, now that's out of the way, walking into the school, I saw a lot of fascinating things. But before I get into that, I'd like to introduce you to my panel. And I'll have them introduce themselves um, from, from, from where we sit. My name is J- Mr. Fisher. I am uh, the English teacher at Ranfintinai. Hi, I'm Luran and I'm a matriculant. I am passionate about history and my favorite singer is Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Hi, I am Tabang. And I'm a matric learner from Ranfintin High School. I'm very much passionate about God, and I think that says it all. Hi, I'm Achisang. I'm a matric student at Ranfintin High School, and I'm really passionate about seeing people develop from something smaller to something that they couldn't even imagine. Hi, I'm Demaswati, and I have to go after all that. So I'm also in matric, and I also go to Ranfintin, and I also have passions about really cool stuff like history, not Barbara Streisand. I believe in God and stuff. And yeah, actualized people, all about that stuff too. <laughs> well, thank you very much for those wonderful intros. What we would like to, to get into is, like I, like I was saying, I think, earlier on, is walking into the school, I saw some fascinating um, ornaments. The interior design is on another level. <laughs> I look at the students that are around me right now. All of them are wearing the uniform down to the T. I saw a lot of trophies on your trophy cabinet. So seemingly, the school places so much emphasis on, I should say, the school's pride. What, what's, what's, what's your take on that? Well, personally, I believe that it's incredibly important for any school to have a sort of pride to it because once a school has a specific ethos which they follow through, it makes it far more easier for children, for the learners in that school to attain, to, to try and attain towards that pride and towards that ethos. I think one of the reasons why Ranfantine High School is so successful is that we make sure that everyone within Ranfantine High School is following the kind of pride that we hold ourselves with, the image that we think is important, that every, to the T, even Bongani mentioned it of how how image and how we look is very important. So we place pride on a very high level, and I think most schools ought to follow suit. 
the school's mantra is in itself um, trendsetters in motion and that's exactly what we do. We embody that in all our actions, in everything that we do. As he mentioned, we have numerous trophies and even our her uniform in itself, his suit and tie, it looks dashing. And it's, it's, one that, it's one that you can spot anywhere, and it really is. But I feel like more than anything else that's so special about Ranfontein High is that it helps us actualize our pride, like actualize ourselves in different ways, right? So we uphold our pride in different ways in ourselves because we are so different. And there's one thing that is so special about RHS is that it accommodates each and every one of us from all the different backgrounds that we have. So school pride is something that we all have, and we actualize it differently. And I can go on and on about this. And speaking about pride, we take ourselves and we regard ourselves as lions because it's very important for people to actually lead. And that's what we try to embody within the school. We try to encourage learners to be their own leaders, to be themselves, to be accepting of who they are, because that will allow themselves to actually agglomerate with the culture of the school. Well, as a teacher, uh, I always drawn to what Bessie Head wrote in the novel Maru. She said, uh, heredity, nothing, environment, everything. So when we set up an environment at the school, from the very entrance, the gardens, the hallways, the appearance of classrooms, the standards and the ethos as that has been mentioned already, we sort of create an environment that is conducive to excellence, so in all aspects and components of the school, from academics, culture, and sport, uh, achievement is only possible when the learners understand that there were many learners before them who obtained this level and standard of pride. And no matter where we go, we're not only ambassadors of this mining town, Ranfontein, uh, Sibonia is not too far from here, and also ambassadors of this great school, we have now become the uh, school of choice for two universities, uh, Wits University and the University of Pretoria, and they commend us for the quality of students that uh, come to their universities. So we are extremely proud of the ambassadors of this great school. So from the students' perspective, how has this pr- uh, emphasis on school pride um, translated into the quality of results that you guys produce? Um, I feel like your question even tells the answer because alongside the mantra that trendsetters in motion is the fact that we, we, we believe in the saying that first impression lasts last, right? So I feel like if you feel good, you will do good, you know? So that's what we work on, yeah. Luran? And very important, I think that um, what the school pride actually does for us is that it encourages us to push ourselves to the limit, right? For us to know that we can do better than our predecessors, which is why we hold this, uh, we hold, uh, we're reaching for a decade of getting 100% for metric pass rate. Right. Every year we've done that for nine years already and we find and we, we take that very seriously and that's very important within a school that seeks to achieve academic results. Those are those are very impressive uh, results that you that you just mentioned. We are joined by a lovely lady on the panel. I'd love you to introduce yourself and say your piece. Um I'm Samkeli Siwami in grade nine from Marish Run Fifteen High School. Well I basically think about the 
perspective of learners within the school is that you know since in, in our school we all encouraged to like do our best and from our metrics you can see that we all encouraged not only by the teachers but 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 within ourselves as well and i think that on its own creates a a platform into which like we all achieve to thrive like for something that's out of the ordinary and th- that's why i think our school on its own is like the best school <laughs> so as an ambassador of the school what kind of image do you carry around when when you are around your friends that are from different schools other than Renfontein? Um, well, to around our friends, like outside the school and within other schools, we like carry ourselves with respect. Say, even if we have competitions and we lose, we have to like carry ourselves with respect and pride, not to like say we put out a bad image for the school because we not only representing ourselves but the school as well. So we have to honor that. Very, very powerful contri- uh, contribution. I'd also want to ask, um, what has this done to your individual characters? You, you have mentioned a number of principles. You've mentioned um, a number of wonderful leadership styles that you've observed from uh, the school itself and the governing body of the school. So what has this done to your individual characters, this example? <laughs> um, Personally, I think the school has done a lot in terms of molding what kind of a person I am. So it's like been the main inspiration of me wanting to like even pursue career in education. It's uh, uh, the way that the school is set up and the way that other schools can set up uh, to, uh, such that they carry immense amount of pride within the principles that they owe it, within the principles that they uphold, can do an immense like contribution to the way a child a way a learner interacts with the world post the world can even inspire them to get into education which is something that's incredibly important in South Africa given our state (laughs) yeah Uh, personally I have literally grown I have grown from rock bottom if that's too much info, if that's not too much info, I have my confidence has grown, and I came into the school a very different person. I was I was very shy, I was very within myself, or extremely introverted. But now I am still introverted, but extroverted, meaning I can socialize with people, I can be a leader, and I can actually accommodate other people. That you can be introverted, and you can have hardships within yourself, but with a great support structure and with you with the confidence that you have within yourself you can actually do it you can actually have that school pride and you can have something back it up like a school such as RHS I couldn't agree more with all the things that my fellow students have said because another thing is like RHS prepares us for the world as Arisang did say so things like um, the fact that RHS went digital two years ago the fact that everything in the school is digital and that's preparing us for the world out there which is a digital world in any case and the experiences that RHS affords us you know we're going to competitions where we're interacting with schools as far as Crawford and you know and Brescia House and so forth and this kind of interaction not only does it make it like widens our paradigm as Mr. Fisher always says about how important this is but it's just exposure that is so important and so integral especially for a learning child because in any case it's just RHS is a wonderful place and (laughs) you should bring your children here because they're going to be amazing people (laughs) just do it okay (laughs) so I can tell that you you guys are uh, of course obviously learning a lot from you know, how this, the, the school itself is run. So I'd, I'd like to ask a question to Mr. Fisher. I've heard the students speak of respect and plenty of principles that the school has taught them. 
what is authentic leadership to you? I think uh, RHS, Rand Fintin High School, is unique. The leadership at Rand Fintin High School uh, involves a wide range of stakeholders. I think we're the only school in the country where even a post-level one teacher, if you show uh, enthusiasm for your profession as a teacher and you have the energy to influence children, you come onto the leadership. So we have a wide range. We don't have uh, old people only on our leadership. We also listen to the voice of our students. Our Student Representative Council is very active, and uh, we encourage them to realize that their input and their contributions in terms of the running of the school is valued. So, for example, uh, you, I wish you had time to go and see the tuck shop. Well, we can't call it a tuck shop. That's a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, we, we, they pay with their, uh, biometrics, their thumbprints. So, uh, contributions from learners brought us to that level where standing in queues took too long, break was 40 minutes long and so forth. So in terms of leadership, authentic leadership, uh, leadership that involves all stakeholders, and leadership that takes the school from A to B, uh, more than lots of principles and policies on paper, leadership that enacts this so that it's a real experience. And so since everybody buys in from the governors of the school to the uh, uh, workers, our groundsmen, all their contributions are valued at the school. So we're a great leadership team. So if I understand you correctly, innovation, um, leading from the front and leading from behind at certain points where you give the students themselves to, 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 to take the lead, respect, integrity, um, taking care of the image of, of the school itself. Right. Uh, just for interest, and that happens because we chose to benchmark against the, uh, the world's top schools. Uh, we were told some time ago by one of our uh, let's a patron in a way, Dr. Marvia Gully, who said that if you want to excel, there's no point in competing with those whose standard is lower than yours. Hmm. So we benchmark, for example, in our digital education and pedagogy uh, against schools uh, in Singapore, Finland and Brazil. So I have Skype conferences in my department and so do the other teachers with uh, schools in other countries. And of course, that exposes us to standards that we wouldn't find elsewhere and of course there uh, all the limitations are really self-imposed but we debunk that co- instantly and uh, achieve so the leadership is real and it's authentic but I think most of all meaningful mm. yep. you, you spoke about some barriers that may arise now which is a good segue to one of the points or topics that we wanted to touch on which is uh, the data costs I can see Achisang is, is, is <laughs> catching emotions struggle, already. The data um, struggle. You, you, you can go ahead um, and lead us in that um, topic. Okay, so we've all probably heard about the campaign, the Data Must Fall campaign, because people are really incensed with the amount of money that they ought to be paying for data. And I think... Most people probably have been trivializing it, but it's of utmost importance because South Africa fundamentally is a democratic country which in which prioritizes 
uh, uh, disseminating and uh, uh, information to the rest of the country to make valuable decisions within that democracy. I think that things like data and things like access to internet, particularly in a democratic country where people have to have access to information, have to be able to look at their phone and see what's happening all around South Africa and the world, ought to have ought to have that ability. So it's within our state's obligation to at least make it more accessible for people. <laughs> Moreover, I think that because we have incorporated the digital pedagogy into our system, yes. it's very important that um, you know we take note of the fact that some kids do have troubles with data, right? And we try to overcome that situation by having the Wi-Fi system here at school, right, where we have learners who will be able to access Moodle and TYB through the intranet system, right, which would allow them to get the kind of information that they need here at school so that they can achieve the best kind of academic results that they can get. How, how, how has, um, you know, the, the sting of data costs being so high in South Africa impacted particularly you guys from gaining access to the information that to Akhisang was uh, made mention of or made reference to? Uh, giving you practical uh, examples and something that I have been going through actually. We've been writing our prelims and usually when I study I use my past, pa- past papers that have been written by matrix, maybe prelims or November papers. So maybe, I'll, and we use digital systems so it's not a lot of teachers who have hard copies from past papers anymore. So I need to download myself from Google or through uh, uh, the Department of Education systems. So maybe sometimes I, I th- there were times that I don't have data to do that. Meaning that I will be able to get uh, the best results fr- fr- from that memo and see how they ask questions. So meaning I might be getting into an exam knowing that uh, without knowing how questions are asked or things like that. Yeah. But again, RHS comes through again for the children, guys. It's like All a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so what it does is teachers, not only do they avail themselves to learners, so instance for like uh, for instance, we have our teachers that avail themselves on WhatsApp. Yeah. So at home, you can contact your teacher and they are able to help you. Again, another thing is the school with the Wi-Fi. You're able to download papers and teachers make papers readily available on the in- on the internet system. So you, we always have access. And again, the school pride is coming through and the teachers are going the extra mile for the learners because it's such a special place. <laughs> so now, you ma- you mentioned something about WhatsApp and and communication effective yeah. communication between teachers and learners what about those learners that when they get home then they have those data issues yes. what about them so we most of the time people stay until four o'clock or even later so that they can download on moodle so that they can they can download on whatsapp or so that they can download actually on tyb if it happens that they they get home and either they don't have the network for school or either they don't have access to the internet meeting because you have to have it when you're here at school so that's how they combat that problem they stay here at school later or they do it during break time or they go to a teacher meaning the teacher has has to take the first step then as a learner, you have to take another step too so that you it's a give-and-take type of thing. Yes. We encourage all our learners to make sure that before they leave, they, need, they have what they need to study at home. But there's also applications like ShareIt and so forth and Bluetooth. So uh, data is an issue for m- many learners. And we realize that since uh, the majority of our learners will not have uh, internet access when they're at home, um, or they might have their parents' uh, phones on contract, but 
you know, you can't infringe on the family's financial situation just to get some information. Teachers are accommodating. Uh, we have a system where you could set up the internet access for a classroom, uh, create a hotspot for a classroom if you, if the teacher requests it. But to date, it seems as though, uh, the internet is working well. And of course, since teachers are readily available, and what I noticed, uh, in my subject is that if a learner posts on the learner group, uh, they need a particular document which they didn't download, in, within a second it's shared and, and, you know, then all the thank yous go up <laughs> for those who were slack while at school. Uh, one of them sitting here, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, we try to make learning fun and make it accessible and within their means so no one has an excuse at the end. Very good and creative ways to ensure that you curb the, the problem that readily presents itself. I'd love to ask from the panel and some of the students that are, have joined us today, what are some of the experiences that you've had, the positive experiences that you've had where all of these solutions that the school is trying to put in place have benefited you, I beg your pardon, in a good way? So me personally, ever since we've... So me personally, ever since we've gone, you know, the digital route at the school and where we've been more reliant on things like the internet and the internet, like my marks have skyrocketed. Uh, I've been doing better as the school is progressing and as the and as the system of education has been changing, which is a good sign. And uh, and just hope that most uh, uh, most students are utilizing it to its fullest because it can it is quite enabling and you can do very well you, you using these resources and i think these resources are they're very very important and in some way they seek to enhance teaching because one very important thing is that we mustn't think that this technological system replaces teachers because that's a huge fallacy we'll always need teachers to always um impart the information that that's that's readily available and in that way they'll be able to be one-on-one interactions that would achieve what we want to achieve as a school and overall man it just makes uh learning fun it makes it exciting you know because it's on your phone and most of the time an average teenager is on their phone what, what is really fun the fact that you're learning or the fact that you have access to teachers? The fact that I'm learning. Okay. The fact that I can watch, I can learn via video with background music, which makes it exciting and which makes my concentration span uh, active. You know, it's those kind of things. It's those kind of little elements that make it more concentrative too. And it, it, and, and it, it attracts me towards wanting to learn. You know, yeah. Now, with, with the data costs, um, say they were to be lowered and everyone could have uh, pretty much a lot of access to the internet. One theory um, that may arise is that may create an even more pleasant environment for cyber bullying, which I'd like us to to, to deliberate and and, and talk about. Well... We, we really ought to understand the roots of cyberbullying. Cyberbullying is, it arises from the pleasure that someone gets from anonymity 
and the fact that you're not in proximity with the person, therefore, it's very, very easy for you to be a horrible human being. So I think cyberbullying is something that is incredibly dangerous, and it's incredible. And one of the hard things about it is that it's quite out of our control in some instances. So I think we ought to be viewing ways in which we can prevent it or rather or, or, or rather ways which we can curb it such a way that it doesn't really affect people even when it does happen um just to say some a few things i think we can't let such a great opportunity being robbed away from us just because of something such as cyberbullying that can be dealt with that that can be dealt with that has been dealt with and that can still be dealt with before i think we can't say that we cannot lower data costs because of some, something like that what about the people who really really need data to be to be uh, reduced what happens to them at Ranfintin High School, all learners sign a uh, online safety, digital safety contract, and digital citizenship contract. So uh, they're aware of the fact that you cannot video anyone uh, without their permission. You cannot record anyone without their permission. And, of course, the consequences are quite severe should you bully anyone and it's brought to our attention. The problem is that most people who are cyber bullied are very secretive about it. They fear exposure. Uh, they believe that the uh, perpetrator is in the class or knows them well and their actions are being observed. So that is an issue. The school makes every effort to prevent uh, any kind of slating of an individual and but always to uphold the image of the school as well as use your digital resources for learning and not incorrectly. But of course, Teenagers are teenagers. Uh, Facebook is a reality, although it's dying slowly, and Twitter seems to be a lot more, uh, and Instagram and Snapchat. I'm on all those. Considering my age, I'm quite... Uh, I'm woke, am I not? Yes, Mr. Fisher. So, rising on that, Mr. Fisher, do, do you feel that with the students signing those contracts and the burden of accountability or the pleasure of accountability, rather, has it proven to help in, in curbing cyberbullying in the school? Yes. Um, when we read about what's happening at other schools, we hardly have problems like that. There was a slight incident a couple of weeks ago where an ordinary prank was videoed by a boy. The boy who videoed it was uh, implicated as well as well as the three or four people laughing. We didn't know who they were. But, of course, when it was exposed, they were summoned to my office. Mm. And uh, they had to take responsibility for, uh, obviously, they committed to delete it. They didn't share it with anyone. Uh, they sent it to me. I needed that in case the parents had to be implicated or called to school and so forth. So because of them being aware of the consequences, it has reduced that kind of thing. We just hope that our, as much as our learners uphold the ethos of the school in a very personal and private situation like bullying and so forth, they would also have the integrity to not... Uh, infringe on the rights of other people in the digital platform, mm -hmm. but rather expose it and try to focus on the academics more than those trivial things that really don't do anything. Does, there's no profit for anyone. But we haven't had major incidents at the school. Mm. How, do, how do you ensure that uh, the students are that accountable? 
and have that level of integrity that right. they would um, uphold the ethos even at moments like those. Right. When you um, switch on your device every morning and you go to our student port- uh, portal called Moodle, uh, the uh, digital uh, safety and online agreement and um, the di- digital citizenship contract is on the homepage, and they are reminded of it as often as possible. We also have grade assemblies, and the grade heads would often uh, go through it with the learners. Uh, I, for example, would give the grade eights a comprehension on it. So giving them several opportunities to internalize the content, and uh, because, you know, children don't do what we expect they do what we inspect so on the same level we need to uh, almost buffet them with these that that kind of safety agreement and contract for their own safety but if it's just a document signed and put in some file uh, absolutely the same sun that melts butter also hardens clay (laughs) it won't do anything to them i have a lovely gentleman uh, joining the conversation Uh, please uh, introduce yourself and um, state your piece Hello, my name is Londo Loza. I'm in grade 11 and I'm f- from Renfentine High School. Um, with the cyberbullying issue, when it comes to uh, cyberbullying, cyberbullying can, happen, can also happen on WhatsApp whereby children can send broadcasts about saying mean things about other people. Uh, as the school, we do have some IT specialists such as uh, Mr. Nicholson that can track down who this, phone ca- who, who this message comes from and can approach the person and uh, the person will be dealt with. And um, this is not only something that can happen in our school, but then it can also happen outside of our school. So as to us dealing with the problem and uh, having IT specialists that can deal with the problem, I think that's a bonus on our it school. Is. Yes. And we have an in-house therapist. <laughs> okay, to, to to take care of your psychological and yes. emotional See, needs, and it adds on to the restorative justice for the perpetrator. Okay. Yes. So, what about outside outside the school? When you experience that outside the school, do you have access to the solutions that are provided by the school? Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that the school teachers pride themselves on is the holistic development of learners, not okay. just in school, but outside also out of it. If, if any teacher sees like a learner not, wear, not dressed in the same uniform or doing something bad outside of school, they will literally drag them into their car and take them back home. Wow. Only not just because, you know, it's, it's just the right human thing to do, but because there's a, there's a greater obligation to do more and to do better in this school specifically. And I think mo- all teachers in South Africa ought to take up that responsibility for themselves mm-hmm. to make sure that good, uh, to make sure that the learners are protected, not just out of school, not just in school, but out as but well. But even outside. Yeah. That was a chisang And I think it's very important that we take an active stance collectively against things like cyberbullying because when we consider things like social media, like WhatsApp, where we have several group chats and learners who'd be commenting in manners that are derogatory, then it's very important that people stand up and tell that person, you must stop. Because once we take a collective stance, then we'll be able to inspire some sort of change that is needed. But now, what if the perpetrator is a a buff guy, tall, (laughs) a giant of a person? Yeah, that's where the legal system comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true nerd. (laughs) 
So that's that's how you 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 seek help and direction in 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 terms of dealing with that. Yes, I would go about that. <laughs> At school, we do. Uh, there is a policy in place for issues where uh, the cyberbullying is. Um, turns into physical bullying eventually. Yes. yes. Uh, the school will not leave it, uh, you know, to mature into or escalate into a dangerous situation for either of the parties. There is a, a hearing process, a counseling process, and there is also some kind of um, a restorative uh, counseling for the person who's involved. Uh, uh, we've got a resident social worker who deals with uh, children like that. Uh, but to be honest, we hardly have uh, spending time on that situation. Most times it's on, uh, you're not doing your best. Why are you not working as <laughs> yes. hard as you should? Mm-hmm. What are your problems? And that, uh, you know, that seems to be the apparent uh, troubles that most of them have these days. What, what, what is some instance that cyberbullying has turned into a physical uh, bully? And what was the restorative measures that the school took? Um, obviously, respecting the animon, anim, yes, of the victim that was bullied. Well, when it's exposed, obviously, anonymity is now no longer an issue. There was a case about three years ago where uh, there was a post made about a particular uh, learner, uh, of course, which was untrue, and uh, it spread uh, from one to the other. When she arrived at school the next day, she, uh, with her parents, I remember, uh, they immediately uh, met with the grade head and with the senior manager for that grade. Uh, all the, the uh, people who were involved were called to the uh, meeting. There was a kind of assembly for them. Uh, the implications were explained. Uh, they were pointed out and then uh, some active, some action uh, took place then. I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, I thought then that it would really create a problem, but it didn't. I think it set a precedent and became a deterrent mm. for everyone else in the school to not get involved in that. We have a right to audit our, our children's uh, devices because it was given to them uh, as a learning tool. Uh, and I often maintain that 90% of the content must be educational and 10% must be personal. Uh, and of course, why does one um, want to, you know, if they know that we can, I can ask for your device at any time, you dare not say I can't look at it because yeah. your contract uh, says that I can. Yes. And of course, we act in loco parentis. A parent would do that. I'm just enforcing what the parent would do. And children understand that. Mm. And I think when you have a climate where it is acceptable to do that. It, it is a deterrent in itself. Mm. Thank you very much, Mr. Fisher. Um, lovely gentlemen, introduce yourself and let's hear what you have to say. Uh, greetings, everyone. My name is Mbumelelo and I'm in grade 11. Um, in terms of cyberbullying, it doesn't, it doesn't only take place in schools. Take Black Twitter, for instance. Everyone who's partaking in Black Twitter are all people. So me as an imprudent learner, I see that as something that is good. There's, thus, it's a cycle. So me as a teen, I will probably bully someone because I saw it from all the people. So I think it should also start with, uh, we should have sort of like an age restriction for things like these.
I mean, all people are partaking in Facebook. I, it really offends me when I see an older person in Facebook. But I think it should have an age restriction. So, so you feel that having older people on these digital platforms is, is a problem because a lot of them are the ones that are the bullies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, learners, what, what, do you, what, what do you have to say to this? I think we should give it to Mr. Fisher because he's the older oh. person here. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Well, uh, just for your information, Mpumalelo is not on my Facebook. I do not put on learners who are not in grade 12 uh, unless they're in the debating society and unless they're in matric. Uh, but I would not put any other grade, any child, uh, add them a, a, as a friend until they're in grade 12 or I know them personally. So he's in grade 11 this year. He'll have the privilege of being on my friends list next year. The thing is, um, I think, can you imagine what Facebook would be like without the contributions of older people who think and who make uh, value statements and posts? Of course, I'm not implying that younger people don't do that. But there is a degree and level of wisdom that older people have which young people need. Uh, for example, uh, I can take a young graduate from the university to analyze a poem for a, the grade 12 class, and I can take somebody my age who would analyze the same poem to the same learners, and you will f- discover whose paradigm has uh, brought a, uh, across the greater, the depth of teaching, mm-hmm. and who f- uh, prepares them for uh, a better answer in the grade 12 exam. Mm. <laughs> now, the digital age and, you know, Generation X and Generation Z that's coming. We, we have a lot of things that are, are popping up. And one of them, which is long overdue, really, um, I'd, I'd like to believe, is the LGBTQIA, which advocates for um, gender equality or gender equity as well, um, we, we should say. So in, in, in this school... How do you think that the the theory of gender equity and gender equality factors into teaching and learning? I think the wonderful thing about our school is that it just doesn't factor at all. Like you get here and the 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 level of effectiveness that you have to the school is not judged by who you are, your gender, your race, whatever. It's simply judged by your academic performance and your, uh, uh, your input to the school in, in, a, in a productive manner. The, that's the only way possible that you can be judged in the school. And I think that ought to transcend in all schools. I don't, however, think that we shy away from issues of things like gender equity. We address them. We talk to students about them, but we fundamentally the, but the fundamental principle that we carry is that sure, it's here and sure, it's active. And the way that we want to send you out to the world is that we want you send, we want to send you out as an effective and as a valuable citizen, not just because you're male or female or whatever. They exist, but our response to it is a response which most people need to take and like, leave it alone, just be successful, even though we are informing you about the realities of this earth. 
the main like the main ethos of what RHA stands for is more it's more about making children aware of these things. So for instance, we have the idea of you the idea is not to create a population or a bunch of children that are color blind, but more children that can see color but are okay with seeing color. Because the idea is to acknowledge the fact that there are people that are different. They are people that are differently affected by these things and you need to be okay with the fact and they need to be represented well enough and they shouldn't be shut out. So there is no such thing as a minority in RHS because everyone is part of the there is no such thing as a yes. Yes. Basically everybody Same person. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, we are all represented equally. Like even the board and the learners, um, they, we try and um, there's, we try and make sure that everyone is represented well enough and everyone has a say, um, and so forth. Yeah. So if you if you think about it in 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 the school and outside of the school, at at your age level, right? What what is what is done to help educate you guys about um, treating people that are different? from you okay um based on morals based on ideals based on religion uh i believe everyone has a type of ideals that they come that 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 are supported by their cultural background that are supported by who they are that are supported by what they believe in so uh when it comes to how i treat ahisang or when i when it comes to treating bongani it (laughs) <laughs> when it comes to treating Swazi, <laughs> um, it's 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 what I believe in. It's how I take it. It's it's. But everyone has a foundation of you need to treat 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 people the way you expect to be treated. That's what I believe in. But you might have a different ideal. So do you think that we should carry our ideals to school though? Because if yeah. if if I remember correctly, if my um, Sunday school teachings <laughs> serve me correctly. We would find a lot of scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever manuscript that you can think of that goes against certain gender classifications, of so course. to speak. So wouldn't um, carrying those ideals and those religious um, ideologies to school then impact you know what the thing our is? treatment to certain people? I'm a Christian, I believe in God, and I, I have a personal relationship with God. But I wouldn't expect you to have the same ideals that I have. Okay. And I don't expect you to have the same relationship that you have, that I have with God. And I wouldn't expect you to have the same relationship that you have. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't carry my religion to you and force it unto you. Okay. But the foundation of it is that be moral. The foundation of it is that respect Bongani. Yes. And that's what I will do to you because that's what I expect from you. That's awesome. all. Awesome. Yes. And I think and that what happens in this school is that we try to create a safe space for everyone yes. because we seek to promote diversity and we, we do that in as much as how teachers would not be prejudiced against learners. Okay. You know, we, we try to keep our own views aside yes. so that we can allow for the betterment and the growth of other people. Okay. Moreover, we have several uh, measures that are put in place like debating and public speaking that help us to increase our paradigm on what's happening in this world, what's happening in this school, and how we ought to create a safe space for everyone. To be woke. To be woke. Yes. Can I... Can I- it, it, I, I'm sorry. It basically goes back to what Ahisang was saying. It's not about your race. It's not about whether you're black, white, purple. It's not about you're a guy or a girl. It's not about, uh, if you believe in Christianity or not, or whether you're a feminist or not. It's what you can bring forth to the table. And it's what we can help you on. And it's yes. how about we can pump you up and give you a boost on, you know, it's those kind of things. Okay. Yes. Let me rope in somebody. Um, can you introduce yourself and share your thoughts? 
Um, so my name is Nao and I am a grade 11 learner. And like specifically noting what the school's been able to do for me regard with regards to social issues is that like when I came to RHS, the first thing I did was join debating. And through debating, I've been able to go like and see a, a lot of different things. So I've been to countless tournaments and at all of the tournaments, you've had to try and discuss all kinds of social issues ranging from economic policies to even what like what should be done by the by the LGBT movement for gay people and all kinds of people. Mm. I think that kind of knowledge and like the kind of tolerance that we get to build when we have to put ourselves in the shoes of different kinds of people and argue for all of them means that like when you interact with them you can start just being a generally better person mm-hmm. because there's logic to back up what you're doing. So you spoke about being part of the debate team. So how do, how do you make sure then as learners that the knowledge that you gain, because you say there's extensive research that you guys have to go um, undergo to be able to prepare for those debates that keep you guys woke, how do you make sure that that filters to everybody else that's not part of the debate team? So one thing that I do a lot is I try and get rope a lot of my peers into important conversations. So if I notice that my friends are being particularly misogynistic, I'm going to point it out and I'm going to tell them why it's wrong. And I'm going to do that unapologetically. So if you block me, so be it. But the point is people need to understand that certain things are wrong. And until we start telling them as people who have knowledge, they're not going to change. What what is the social responsibility that learners have in helping to educate? We've heard about the school. We've heard about... Um, the, st- the, the important programs that you guys have in, in, in your arsenal to use um, for the betterment of, of, of you, you as individuals. Now, what social responsibility do you feel that you have as learners um, to other peers that study with you? I think as learners who are specifically, who are particularly in a privileged position to be able to have discourse about things that most learners from from conservative backgrounds or from a backgrounds that limit their ability to engage with the world i think our responsibility is to engage is to engage with them to impart the knowledge that we've learned not forcing certain values onto them but it's more particularly getting real with them i mean like we honestly need to look at certain people on this planet and look at you and ask can you really be homophobic racist and misogynistic in the year 2017 moving into 2018 those people need a reality check and people who aren't in uh, privileged positions ought to give them that reality check more than anyone else because who else will do it really I think the responsibility can largely fall on people who actually do have knowledge because I've been able to not only engage several of my peers, but like even a bunch of my teachers, we get to talking about these kinds of things when you have these important conversations. Moreover, they often spill over to some of the classrooms. So we end up discussing gender issues and life orientation. People discuss cultural history and westernization in drama classes. So it's not just something that's insulated to people in debating. If you really want the conversation, you can go and find it. Thank you very much. Uh, let's rope in two more listeners and then it will be just enough time to wrap it up. Oh, okay. My name is Londa Loza and I'm in grade 11. I'm a student in Renfontein High School. Uh, honestly, in, in our school, we have no problem with, like, uh, with uh, inequality on how we treat uh, people of different sexes. But then that's why maybe we don't approach it because if let's say for example 
you tell a dog to sit and it's sitting and you keep on telling it to sit, it's eventually going to stand up. So if we approach something that's non-existent in our school, then that's when it's going to start happening, if I, if I may say. Yeah. Yeah. So you say if inequality is spoken of much, then it means that will translate into certain students adopting that as, as part of who they are. Um, since, since our school does not uh, discriminate or say, no, this person is like this, and uh, no, we don't talk to people that are like this, we already have that principle and that respect in ourselves, so we cannot keep on telling people to do things that they already have. Due to why I made the example of the dog. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for that. Time for just one more person. Um, so I'm Gilles here from Amalena and Ramfantine High School. So on the topic of the LGBTQ plus community, well, I think that in our school since earlier on, we said something about respect, right? So on the platform of respect, we're taught to respect everyone regardless of how they are, what they are, and where they come from. And like we need, to under, we need to understand from the very first day that we all come from different backgrounds yeah. and that we needed to accept that. And that like if you have something to say against anyone, like as Mr. Fisher has said, that we have things to deal with such that if you like say something to discriminate someone or make them feel like they're not welcome in our school, we have something, we have things to deal with that. And like I think on the platform of like LGBTQ+, like they're also unique. They're like human beings and we treat them as such because we don't see them any different, right? That's what I think. Thanks. I think speaking like a, a philosopher taking from uh, the likes of Socrates, Aristotle, it's safe to say that we are all certain about uncertainty. So blindly, we are all driven by our own convictions and we should set those aside and live according to our principles, our morals and values and, and what we learn. But how about you as students? taking up these conversations to the entire school and having debates that encompass having everyone listen into these important conversations. I think that would do a lot of justice. What do you guys think? It, it definitely would, and this is something that should be brought up um, at the Learner Assembly. Oh, yeah, by the way, RHS's assemblies that's run by the learners, where learners are given the um, platform to speak about things that bother them, speak about things that are affecting them directly, and the teachers have to listen to what we have to say. And it's, yeah. We look like it's amazing. She said it. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, we, we just have uh, time for final thoughts, and we'll, we'll just go around uh, the panel. Just your final thoughts on everything that we've spoken about. Well, uh, I appreciate the opportunity for uh, members of our school students to, you know, firstly demonstrate the pride for the school, which is very close to our hearts. We just hope and believe that they would uh, continue all the life lessons that they learned here way beyond curriculum. Um, and that one day they, when they are they, the millionaires and so forth, they'll pass the school and say, this is for you at the school or, or just bequeath to the school. But nonetheless, they wonderful people. We commit our lives to them and we can see that in the way they respond, the way they write their achievements and the way they represent the school. 
Maswati? Um, this is from the class of 2017. We're going to make it a decade of 100% pass rate RHS. But that's again, it's just us carrying out our pride. But thank you very much for this platform for us to speak forth about our school pride and why it's so important to us and for us to discuss how we feel about these very um, touchy subjects that are in society that are affecting us differently. And I honestly can't thank you enough for this platform and everyone that made it possible. I yeah. highly appreciate the platform that you've given me. I think it's very important. <laughs> I'm messing up at the end. I think it's very important for us to always have that kind of pride to say that once after like 30 years of your life, you finally say you can actually be able to say, I was an RHSian. I am proud of the school that I come from because that's very important. The kind of loyalty that you gain from these experiences in the school and all of the issues that are encompassed are Thank very you important. Very much. Cliche as it may sound, I think we all need to remember that we are humans. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we are humans. And all of these things that come with the socioeconomic issues, all of these things that come with the domestic issues, all of these things that come with the academical issues, we will solve them. And there's so much more we need to do in RHS, let alone the whole world, let alone in South Africa. But it goes back to you. Mm. What do you want to do? Yes. It goes back to the saying, be the change that you want to see. Mm. Uh, final thoughts are, I think... South Africa's education system and South Africa's schools desperately need to adopt a, a system in which it accommodates for 21st century learning, for 21st century issues, for the way that we deal with things now. We cannot continue doing things that we did in the 1950s or 60s. We need to take a, uh, we need to take a stance that's saying, here's where we're going. Mm -hmm. And this, these are the types of things that we need to be doing. If it, in, if it means including technology with education, if it means talking about the issues of race or, or, or sexuality to children, which if I had told you in 1960 that's what we're going to do, you would have laughed. If it means doing all those things that would make adults or make anyone uncomfortable, we have to do them if we really want to be trendsetters, not just not just in RHS, but in the entirety of the country. I guess as the future teachers and leaders of the country, we can entrust that responsibility and, and pass it forward because the people of the 1950s and 1990s have played a major role in laying the foundation for all of us. And that, that wraps up um, our conversation at the Renfontein High School. We would love to, to extend our deepest and most um, gratitude to the school, to Leadership Platform, and most importantly, this Youth Leadership Platform was brought to you by Sibanye. We are one. From myself, Bongani Tau, and the Leadership Platform team, we are signing out. I am a South African. I carry the hopes and dreams of my country and the generations to come. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanye, we believe the future of our country will be defined by our actions today, which is why we are committed to the development of our leaders. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. This is CliffCentral.com.